The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Um. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Adam Ickes joins us with Trade Offs. And as we look at what's happening in the markets today, I kind of want to first highlight the discussion of crop damage. You know, we have had such decent numbers the last two weeks in these crop reports, you know, really setting some records. And you always know that somewhere out there, there's this looming cloud. And that cloud hit many Nebraska producers last night in a couple different locations with some damage. Adam, what have you heard as you guys have talked to producers and what have you seen um, for pictures, social media, etc., when it talks about crop damage? Yeah, it looks like there's a pretty good amount of rain that fell around the Columbus area and then the storms sound like they were kind of Columbus west and somewhat north, but um, probably the highest corn damage I've heard anyway was about 50% hail and I think they usually got to wait seven to ten days to see how you can really assess that but it usually looks worse the day of the storm and then seven days later it looks quite a bit different but uh, a week ago there were some winds wind issues down south of york so there's a couple different spots for being this early in the game uh, but overall that shouldn't affect the the general production i wouldn't say today all right just patience is a virtue when it comes to that there you go yep so we look at this corn market, obviously we saw some lower numbers today on the midday. Some of it said that the gains that we saw early on were because of the happenings initially of this soybean market. Is there any other pressuring factors that we saw in this corn market that caused it to trade like it did today? You know, today really wasn't probably an issue. It's the last five or six days that have been an issue. We, we've been trending higher, you know, since February. Um, we kind of rally up and put in new highs and we pull back and our, our lows kept being higher than our previous lows and then our highs kept being higher than our previous highs so we've, we've had a pretty healthy market trend for the last three, four months um, and you know we're getting into the you get to the middle of June and that's when if you look at you know layovers of 30 to 50 year charts you get to mid-June you should be expecting it to start weakening so it's probably maybe a week or two earlier than normal but to say this is untimely or unexpected should be totally false relative to 50 years of corn uh, chart movement um, but kind of the, the kind of the hard part today on the Dece, we we held a 395 type previous low that we had back in uh, March kind of the 200 day moving average supports about a 397 which is right where we're at so that's probably somewhat encouraging a little bit today uh, the problem with the market today is that our chances of getting back north of 430 are going to be increasingly more difficult unless we have some drastic change in weather or some something that's going to be a pretty extreme catalyst to the up uh, we're going to have to get through a 405 resistance first and there's a chart gap we left five days ago at about a 410 to 412 range so those are probably pretty realistic rally potential levels yet but we are you know from a seasonality calendar standpoint our timeline of getting back to those levels needs to happen in the next 10 to 15 days or else our chances of it happening are quite a bit less than than what they would have been you know earlier um so as you get later in the summer typically the variables become more known and less variable um and then that's why the market has a tendency to trend lower once you get to mid to late june I saw that Brazil was, was talked about a little bit in the market today because they've been so dry in this weather pattern and this second crop is just getting finished up on production. Is that going to be a, a benefit, do you think, to our U.S. producers? You know, I think that's the whole reason the bean market's been so positive 
it's funny how how people's minds work. But two months ago, everybody was so worked up about Trump having issues with uh, you know tariff negotiations and stuff like that that they couldn't see straight. But the bean market rallied seventy cents right in the face of what should have been bearish. Um, you know, so the you start talking about other countries. There's a lot of things that affect the values, and at the end of the day, it's whoever can get to the export market the cheapest is going to be the 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 one that wins, and the other markets either got to create internal demand to keep the prices up, or they're or the market's got to conform to whatever values are competitive in the export market if they're producing more than what they can use internally. Um, so the factors that affect that, you know, you got freight and you got currency differences, and you got you know substitute commodity differences. You got a lot of things that are going to affect a, a export type market to hold futures values up. You know. Cheapest is sometimes okay when you're trying to compete globally, but darn it, you want to see some profitability come back to your producers at the same time. Yeah, that's right. So you got to either produce less of it or create internal demand that's going to keep your your markets elevated relative to your next best option of an export type market that you got to start conforming to. Well, the soybeans, I mean, you talk about them from a global perspective, but locally, we had some struggles in the market today with some lower numbers. Are we kind of returning to the day session of better weather and other trade concerns being looked at? Uh, yeah, it looks like the weather's probably pretty favorable today. Um, the bean market has a tendency to do this this time of year. If you remember last year, I think we had our our early bean highs were put in, I want to say in March, April maybe, last year, and then we tanked real hard, darn near back to the lows in the middle of June, and then we we actually went back and put in new highs in early July in the bean market. So to say the bean market's done today probably isn't true. If you look at that same seasonality I was talking about in the corn market, you get to later in the summer is typically when the majority of your bean volatility and, and your bean highs typically come in. So after the 4th of July, it's pretty common for beans to still be pretty attractive or the most attractive price of the year. Um, so beans losing ground today isn't probably as concerning as corn losing ground today in, my, in our perception. From a weekly export standpoint, though, disappointing for the soybeans, considered just be okay for the corn. You know, I haven't seen that today. I was kind of out and about this morning, but, um, yeah, that's never a good sign. Well, you know, we've always had some some outside market influences when it comes to those exports, and I'm sure that the trade concerns and the discussions that continue with China have got to be some factors looked at from these grains. Yeah, that, that should be for sure. If we're going to be one of the leading exporters in the in the world um we we have no problem growing it we just got to figure out you know keep trying to improve our ways to get rid of it would be more important than our issues of growing it very much so we'll stick around folks we do have more of the fontanelle final bell coming up here on the rural radio network adam mickus is joining us with trade us it's the final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Adam Mickus joins us with TradeOS. As we continue from a grain perspective, we're going to look at the, the wheat side of the market trade. It gets to that time of year, Adam, where we have got the winter wheat harvest underway. It's right now in Oklahoma. They've had some rains there, maybe a little bit too late, but it's a stall to the harvest. But knowing it's going to progress north, some higher numbers we're seeing on the market today. As you look at this wheat contracts, what are your thoughts? Yeah, wheat's been pretty volatile and hanging in there. Uh, when you start getting weather markets, which wheat's been in for the last six months probably, um, your volatility increases pretty good. But the wheat market's kind of got the same trend going that the corn market had for the last three months where we put in higher lows and higher highs. 
we're still on that trend today. Seems like wheat and corn like to try to follow each other around a little bit. So if the corn market's any predecessor to what the wheat market's potentially going to be doing, probably look for a you know a pretty significant. I don't know about significant, but forty to fifty cent pullback in wheat would be similar to what corn's done um, from a chart view. wasn't too long ago that we had July wheat back in the late March. We were down at four eighty three on the on the descent from what we thought was the highs of five sixty, um, and then we kind of catapulted back through that and went and put in newer, I guess, short-term highs at a 573 and currently trading at 545 today and wheat was pretty strong early and then it closed uh, not as strong but up five. So, Considering what's been happening uh, globally and I know there's been a lot of concerns that we had a lot of wheat in storage, now it seems like there's a push that we're not going to have enough to be able to meet that demand, not only here in the U.S. but abroad. Yeah, which would also attribute to, you know, a combination of weather and then and, uh, maybe a higher demand potential is going to make the thing volatile. Um, this time of year, I guess, if you look at if you look at the whole wheat chart of July wheat today, and then you look at like a 30- or 40-year chart of what wheat typically does, it kind of lines right up with what it usually does. We put in the highs last summer for this current crop. Last summer high back in right before the 4th of July was 623, and then you kind of trend lower in the winter, then you start chopping around in Feb, March, April, May, which is kind of what we're doing. So I'd say we're probably stronger today than we usually would be uh, in the wheat market. Um, but it's kind of from a from a production standpoint, if you look at new crop wheat today, you go out to the July 19, you got, what, 615 is your wheat value out the July 19, which is, you know, not very far off the highs of what we did last summer. Um, so that's probably a bright spot in the wheat market today if you're you're looking at trying to be an aggressive marketer 615 wheat appears to be a smoking deal when we thought 550 to 60 has been a pretty good price this year so far post that 623 high you're going to be keeping a close eye on what happens harvest number wise some of the early reports as the harvest moves north yeah and i think it's seems like it's pretty known that the drought down south in the western oklahoma texas and kind of going up into kansas a little bit uh kansas has been getting some rain as of late but kind of in the times when they needed it, probably a lot of areas didn't get what they needed, so I, we're probably anticipating the wheat yields to be lesser down there, and they're probably going to be somewhat, I would assume either the quality or the yields are going to be somewhat variable to the north where they had excessive rain in certain areas. Well, let's switch gears. Look at what's happening in the livestock side, cattle market, waiting on some cash on a Thursday afternoon. That kind of has become the norm. Yep, I think that's the norm kind of every week. Um, one constant in the cattle market that I feel like people have a hard time seeing is there's still a basis number that sits there. So, you know, the market's been as high as 20 over for from a basis standpoint to as low as probably five, four to five over in the last month, two months. I'd say most recently it's probably been either side of six to seven, or excuse me, five to seven over probably somewhere in there. So I guess I would, with that, using that, type of thought i would anticipate the cash cattle market's going to be a you know buck 13 to a buck 15 with where the board's sitting at today in the june uh, which is still seasonally pretty strong i think your average basis for this time of year is probably more like two over where it's sitting today at roughly six over um, so it's probably i'd say it's on the stronger side from a physical animal standpoint the market is on the stronger side of of, it, of the market than on the weaker side based on you know the last 15 years of history haven't we had some struggles, though, in these beef values in the markets since Memorial Day holiday? In the last two weeks, yeah, it probably has been. The board's, the board's probably not dropped 
that much, but your base is going from 20 over to 6 over, is, you know, that's a $14 move on a 1,400-pound animal. is a $200 a head move. So, yeah, it's definitely struggled. But 20 over was shouldn't have, you know, historically 20 over shouldn't happen anyway. Are we gonna... um, so that's just an outside, outside number that made it uh, on the dramatically high side. Are we going to continue, though, to see some, uh, from a feeder cattle perspective, some, some light gains maybe going on for their market? Um, as far as the, the values go? Yes. Uh, typically, the feeder cattle market should trend higher in the summer. Um, we've been as high on new crop calves. We've been as high as buck fifty-four. We've had a pretty good rally. Um, you know, in the last two weeks, we've had probably a ten-dollar rally in feeders. So you get buck forty-eight to a buck fifty-two is probably a sale today if you're really trying to manage your values of your feeder cattle um, for this fall uh, sales. Anyway. All right. What's the best way, Adam, for folks to reach you and the rest of the crew there at Trados? Uh, yeah, you can call our, our main line is 402-858-7501, or you can check us out on our website at gotradeoffs.com. All right, thanks so much, Adam. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.